Hello and welcome everybody back to the PV Shark Cast. I am your host, Just Raj Kaylee, and today I am here with my co-host, Joe Cinder. Today we brought Joe onto the show to uh, discuss a lot of college stuff. But before that, Joe, I heard you were working in the Shark Shack this year. How's that going? Good. Um, so this is our inaugural year. Uh, we work in the mornings and lunches. I personally work during B lunch, and uh, we run a school store where we sell merchandise. Um, we sell candy, and so the merchandise includes shirts, you know, pants. Uh, we also have lanyards and some trinkets, you know, fun things to have just to show some school spirit. Um, so the Shark Shack is part of a club known as DECA, run by the uh, International Marketing Academy. And DECA has a, a, an international... A competition in which the Shark Shack is approved. We were gold certified for a 7,500 word business plan uh, we wrote. And so we'll actually be competing in Orlando at the end of this month. Um, the Shark Shack, I think, is a great addition to the school. It's really allowed for people to feel able to express school spirit, um, interact with each other more, especially in a time where we had a period of a few years where there was a lot of separation and distance. Um, so I think it's good to establish a school culture, especially at Ponavidra, which is a relatively new school, uh, only about a decade and a half old. So I think having this school store and having a place where people can interact more and uh, whether it's just uh, less of a buyer-seller interaction, and more of just peer-to-peer students kind of meeting each other and creating relationships. I think, I think that what I've learned is this can be something that lasts for years. Yeah, that sounds awesome, Joe. And uh, I think this is a great time to segue into what I was going to ask you next, your uh, extracurriculars. I understand that you're really heavily involved in the community. Uh, yeah, so um, not just at school. Um, I also think extracurriculars are good outside of school. For example, I, I volunteer at my synagogue. I uh, am a, the co-coach of the Landry Middle School Math Counts team, with the, which is a math competition team. And so I think leadership positions are an important thing to have, not only for you know college applications, but for personal development and becoming an, an individual person who really leaves your impact and makes the most out of the time while we're here. Um, at school, I'm in all the honor societies I'm eligible for. I'm in FBLA, which is Future Business Leaders of America, um, where you choose a business-related topic. And uh, I've qualified for the national competition for that this year. And so that's a great resume builder. I've already uh, applied and accepted my college offer, but it's still a good thing to do. So I, I really do think extracurriculars are valuable not only for college applications, but really for oneself. Yeah, so Joe, this uh, also segues perfectly into a conversation we were having earlier about a lot of people who apply to colleges, their, their extracurriculars are a bit all over the place. They're not really concentrated. So uh, do you want to elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, so when colleges are reviewing your application, they want to see you have a, a bit of a peak. Somewhere where you've shown more interest in than other things. Um, you know, as a kid, you're always told you want to be a well-rounded student. Um, but the truth is, they want someone who knows what they're doing. So, uh, for example, you know, I'm in honor societies for each of the core subjects. 
and things like that. But I've tried to show focus in business-related things. For example, FBLA, uh, the Shark Shack and DECA, since we created a business plan for that. Uh, I also run a private tutoring service, uh, which I've kind of used as a business um, uh, operation. Endeavor, exactly. So using that, I'm able to truly show that I have an interest in that. And when applying to colleges for finance, um, uh, when they review my applications, they say, oh, um, this student, he really is interested in finance. He doesn't just want to do a little bit of everything. He knows what he wants to do, not only in college, but what he's going to do after college that's going to leave his impact back on our school rather than being kind of a mess of a lot. It's, it's good to have three really good things than 20 okay things. Yeah, I, I really understand that, Joe. And uh, you, you, really, you sound really accomplished. You sound extremely accomplished, Joe, and um, this our school should be proud of you and everything that you've done. And uh, now, Thank you. Now I would also like to talk about essays because a lot of my friends, they've been having trouble thinking about what to write. That's, you know, so. Yeah, so Common App, uh, which is going to be the main place you're writing essays. You know, schools will have supplemental essays. Um, some schools don't use Common App but your main state schools, basically everywhere you're applying. The only ones I personally know that don't use Common App is the University of California system and MIT. So Common App, the main place where you'll be applying to schools, has uh, seven essay topics, I believe, uh, that you can choose from and write about a personal experience. Um, and I, I first would like to go over a few main issues that I think a lot of people run into, including myself at first, I think, when writing my essays, which is a lot of times people don't write it about themselves. They write it about, um, oh, see, my friend, this happened to them, um, and this is how it impacted me. But really what you want to write about is, even if you are writing about you know, what happened to your friend and how that impacted you, you want to write about how that happened to you along with them. What happened to you? What were your internal things and how that developed you as a person, made you a better student, made you a better candidate for their school? Um, A second thing is try to stay away from the cliches. Um, This might not apply to as many of the upcoming students applying to colleges as it did to uh, me uh, or my class, which is uh, the coronavirus, how that uh, students lost their uh, passion and they lost their enjoyment of school and they got depressed and bored and yes those are very important things that build and shape characters but the main issue with it everyone else writes about it so when they're scanning through your essay before they even read it they see coronavirus depressed whatever okay this is we can ignore this essay let's look at the rest and especially if your resume isn't so it is not super standing out and you're kind of booking it on your essay, you're going to want to have a good essay. So I'd write about a personal experience. Um, for me, it was my mom's disability and how living alone with her uh, impact, made me have to take care of her and become a more responsible person. And I really learned that responsibility is not just something one has for themselves, but for other people. And not only has that made me a better uh, person in general, but I think it's made me a better student, a better teacher, a better leader throughout my community. And transitioning, it's allowed me to see how it's valuable in, you know, the fields I want to go into. 
Um, and so going along with essays, I think, honestly, show individuality. You are not the, uh, the next guy they're going to read, and you're not the guy before them. You are you, and you have not lived the same life as everyone else. There are 8 billion people in this world with 8 billion different lives. Um, so really show that you are special out of those people. Yeah, that's that advice is really going to help us juniors out next year. Thank you for that, Joe. And yeah, I, I really agree. Uniqueness is so, so important in college essays. You know, you don't you want to be able to stand out. You want to show colleges what's unique about you. What is your strengths? Uh, you want to show specific, unique character development, as you touched on. And um, I would also like to cover scholarships. And uh, so everyone knows that there's the, um, what is it, the state scholarship with the hours and the... Bright uh, Futures. Yeah, Bright Futures. Yeah. Yeah, so Bright Futures, if you haven't got your volunteer hours in, do extracurriculars, going back to that. Please volunteer. Get get your hours. Even work hours are now counted. Um, so get a get a job, volunteer. Put a little bit extra effort in school if you're on that GPA borderline. Honestly, uh, I believe it's $6,200 is the estimate for my freshman year, how much money I get from Bright Futures. I, I could be slightly off on that number, and it could vary, but I'm pretty sure that's what I get. And so uh, putting a little extra effort into getting better grades or taking harder classes to boost your GPA volunteering that's important but going along with scholarships that's not the only one there's a lot of websites that will also give you scholarships um for example there are uh, uh excuse me on naviance there's a scholarship search so you can um actually find scholarships that fit your qualifications for example if you are applying to certain schools or if you have certain you know ethnicity religion uh certain things that apply to you specifically you can find scholarships based on that and uh when it comes down to it a lot of people worry about paying for college how they're going to afford it and instead of applying for scholarships they kind of just stress about it and then when they get their estimate from their school and it's sitting at 60 70 thousand and their parents say hey we don't really want to help you pay for this they're in a, a bit of a rut so i think get, uh start applying early freshmen sophomores juniors all start applying for scholarships when you can. Um, this is even something personally I've struggled to do. I've been a little lazy uh, with applying for scholarships, but I still have put time into a few. And um, I think that you know it's free money. If you it it's a few hours out of your day, and instead of playing video games or taking that extra hour of your nap, I think apply for a scholarship, even if you're not doing it every day. You don't need to do it every day. Do it once a week, once a month. Once every couple months, if you're uh, in a sophomore or freshman, just get that free money and really make the cost of college easier because in the long run, that's going to really uh, work out for you. Yeah, that's uh, really important to remember. And I wanted to also make a note that for Bright Futures, Joe mentioned that you could also use work hours. It's important to note that those work hours are not combinable or I don't know what the right word is. We're, we're just going to go with combinable. So those those work hours are not combinable with uh your previous hours that you may have gained through service so those are completely those you cannot combine them so you're gonna have to either go with your work hours or your previous service hours so yeah and i believe for the the lower tier well not lower but the second tier it is 75 hours and for the higher tier it's 100 hours 
So if you work five hours a week, that's 20 weeks. That's two semester or two quarters of school. It's a semester. So, um, yeah, although you can't combine them, I honestly think that just becoming a leader and for your own sake uh, with extracurriculars, if your extracurriculars don't have you getting those hours, you might want to look into some other extracurriculars that way. Yeah, Joe, extracurriculars are a great way to build your college application, and I know you also have to report those standardized testing scores, or yes, testing scores, and uh, could you go into a little bit on your recommendations on the ACT and SAT, explain a little bit on that? Yeah, so I personally took each test once. Um, I reported both scores to the schools I applied to, even though um, ACT was my better score, and they most schools really only look at your best score, but... Uh, the SAT, I think, is more valuable uh, in the first in, in, for freshmen, sophomores, and first semester juniors um, in terms of how you take the PSAT. Um, it's a little more of an adjustable test. It's, it's more similar to what you're used to. Um, whereas the ACT, I think, is a, also a, a great test to take, and I know a lot of people prefer the ACT. Even me personally, I preferred the ACT. Um, And so for, you know, juniors in that second semester or really past that PSAT National Merit Scholar qualifying test, which I would recommend all students take, um, the ACT, the free ACT, which again, recommend all students take, it's free, it'll help you out. Uh, it, it it's something that you can focus on and put your efforts into and maybe get a better score. But um, if I were you and I'm a I'm a freshman, I'm a sophomore right now, and I am ready to sign up for a standardized test, but I don't know which one. Take a practice test in each. It's I know it's going to be boring. It's four hours of a SAT and four hours of an ACT, but you're going to like it a lot more than if you choose the SAT. You spend 50 hours studying for it, and it turns out you're going to do better on the ACT. Um, for the SAT, I believe the math portion is easier than the ACT. Uh, uh, maybe even significantly, I would say, easier. Um, I don't believe it includes Algebra 2 as much as the ACT does, um, or statistics. But the ACT, I would recommend if you are a person who is not as strong with English, uh, whether that's reading or writing, I think it's a lot more simple. Especially the reading, it's a lot easier. Uh, you know, on the SAT and ACT, you can look back into the passage and find the answer for both. But I think the ACT is easier to kind of figure out and know, know where to look. Um, so if you're a more math-minded person, I think the SAT, or the, a- excuse me, I think the SAT is going to give you a better chance at um, getting a high score. But I'd recommend the ACT since you're willing to take on the challenge more. And if you're a reading person, I think uh, the ACT is going to be easier for you, but the SAT is going to give you more of a challenge where you're going to stand out because you might score 50 points higher than the average person, whereas uh, on the ACT it's easier and everyone's going to kind of score higher. Um, So I'd honestly recommend kind of just looking at both tests in general, how you feel, and then, you know, take one in each, especially with the free ACT now. It's not as expensive. It's, uh, it's hard to put an $80 deposit down on a test, especially if you're not prepared for it. Um, but if you get an opportunity to take something for free, I mean, who hates free things? 
Yeah, exactly. And uh, that ACT for me personally, I, I like the ACT so much more compared to the SAT because I'm just better with those multiple choice tests. And even though the math section is harder, it does tend to focus less on geometry and a little bit more on pre-calculus, whereas the SAT math doesn't really have as much pre-calculus on it. I don't even believe the SAT reaches pre-calc. I believe SAT ends in Algebra 2 now that you mention it. And I think ACT is the one that ends in pre-calc and has a little bit of statistics in it. But the statistics is usually found in in Algebra 2 and pre-calc as well. So it's part of those courses, but it's a different topic. Yeah, exactly. And I, because I took those courses more recently and it's just easier for me personally. And my experience will very me and joe's experiences will vary again he was talking about how those tests fit you as a person so again as he said take one of those practice tests take one of each at least if you can just to see which one's a better fit for you i mean it's just that's the best way you're going to learn how rather than you know wasting your time exactly and that's four hours that's four hours of day or eight hours of taking one of each test to say 50 hours of studying for the wrong one and 80 dollars of taking the wrong one yeah so with that uh we are going to end it there for this episode for now though stay tuned to our instagram which is at pvhs underscore podcast underscore club that's all for now, folks. I am your host, Just Raj Kaley, and I'm here with my co-host, Joe Cinder.